Hello and welcome to the Australian Open Women's Finals Day edition. I'm Rob. And I'm Alicia and you're listening to the Rubisha Tennis Podcast. Today we saw Naomi Osaka aiming for her fourth Grand Slam title against first-time finalists at this level, Jennifer Brady. They both held serve in their opening service games, but next time, but then in game four, when Brady was serving, Osaka broke to love. That involved two double faults from Brady, so possibly nerves getting to her, but she was unable to win a point that game. However, she immediately broke back. There was another double, there was a double fault in there that brought up the break point and Brady made the most of it to level the match again and then it was leveled and then she did level the game level the set in the following game when she held for 3-3 but then and then they held serve until the final 10th game where Brady was serving to stay in the first set but she was unable to do so involved another double fault and some unforced errors. And she hit the ball into the net when she appeared to be looking to see where Osaka was moving to and let the ball drop too low and hit it halfway up the net to concede the first set. Then in the second set, it looked like Osaka would run away with the match just when we thought it was going to be 6-love or 6-1. She made a few mistakes, Brady lifted, and then we found it back Osaka was up. Osaka raced to a four love lead. Had had points to go five love. Had break, those were break to go five love, but Brady got one of the breaks back, but was still down another break, and she was unable to get the second break back, but she did catch up a few more games, because for a while there's looking like it might be six love, or six one, as mentioned, but she got a couple more games, however... That one break of serve that was still there, that she was still behind by, cost her the match. Osaka served it out to love to win the tournament. And she became just the second woman to win four from four Grand Slam finals, joining Monica Selish, who won her first six, didn't they say? The only other person to also do that is Roger Federer, who won his first seven. So for Naomi Osaka, that is now 21 consecutive wins. However, she did get a walkover, so it kind of doesn't fully count. Well, she did get a walkover. She pulled out Osaka by winning this match. Extends her streak to 21 consecutive wins, having not lost. I don't think she's lost since lockdown. Because she won. She didn't... Won the US, didn't play the French. Yep. Because her streak, Cincinnati, however, she does have two walkovers in, like, she didn't walk, she She withdrew, so her opponent got a walkover, which isn't classified as a loss, even though... It's a bit dodgy, but that's how it is. She didn't actually lose herself, I guess, but within the tournament, she's lost. But in a match, she's actually showed up and played. She's won 21 of them in a row since lockdown, so she's on a roll at the moment. And she moves to world number two following her victory in Australia. The last time she won the Australian Open, she 
was world number it moved her to world number one. But Barty has a good buffer at the moment. <clears throat> she shouldn't. <clears throat> <laughs> she doesn't deserve uh, that anymore. Uh, it's been like centuries since you won uh, her grand slam. But with the current ranking rules, you keep your points going back to twenty nineteen where Barty had the French Open victory, so that still keeps her propped up at world number one. Osaka now joins the list of one, two, three, four, five, six other people who have saved match points on their road to Australian Open victory. Molly Casellas did it in 1991, Jennifer Capriata in 2002, Serena Williams in 2003 and 2005, Lee Nah in 2014, Angelique Kerber in 2016, and Caroline Wozniak in 2018. And now Naomi Osaka did it this year in her round four matchup with Garbinia Muguruza. She saved two match points in that one. Yep, at 5-3 down in the third set. Naomi Osaka, as we mentioned before, she's now four from four Grand Slam finals. And this being her fourth Grand Slam title, she's the f- first player... Zeno. She's the first player in either men or women's to win a fourth Grand Slam since Maria Sharapova at Roland Garros in 2012. That doesn't include those that were like already surpassed four before then, but the last person to get their fourth was Maria Sharapova. Because others that have three, including Andy Murray, Warinka and Angie Kerber, they all stopped at three since then. Haven't been able to add any more to their list. Some stats about the match between Osaka and Brady. There were... It was quite close in the winner's count. 16 from Osaka, 15 from Brady. And first serve percentage for both of them was 48%. So both not great there on the first serve overall of the whole match. And unforced errors. Unforced errors, this is probably what made a big difference in the... Not that much... Unforced errors, a bit of a difference that could have cost Brady a little bit. 31 from the American compared to Osaka's 24. Serve speed, Osaka was 13 kilometers faster at 197 compared to Brady's 184 in terms of fastest. Osaka was one kilometer higher on first serve speed average at 176, so Brady being 175. Fastest serve, Osaka's fastest was 13 kilometers higher than Brady's, 197 to 184. Second serve, though, Brady was the faster one at 141 compared to Osaka's 125. However, she wasn't able to really get many points off her second serve, winning only winning only 42% of points off the second serve, whereas Osaka was getting 55 and wins off the first serve, Osaka was getting 73%, and Brady 62. Break points, Osaka had 5 and she converted 4, Brady had 4 and she converted 2. And total points won, Osaka won 69 points and Brady 54. So, not as close as some matches have been. Zeno, don't turn your motor on. And now... The hour and the match went for an hour and seventeen minutes. Not the longest battle 
in Grand Slam finals? So back in 2019 when Naomi Osaka won the Australian Open, she earned... Back in 2019 when Osaka won her first Australian Open, she earned 4.1 million Australian dollars. But this time around she has earned 2.75 million because they're you know, lower down. So first round... So the winner collects 2.75 million where... The first round losers were given $100,000 because they wanted to spread the prize money across more of the players to help them out after COVID. So they took some from the winner and spread it down to the lower. So after COVID, are they going to keep this so breakdown into the future or just I think go back they want to, to the old? keep it because they, I think even before COVID, they were talking about it's always been an the issue. The getting too much and needing to give more to the lower yes, ranked people. Yes, because the lower so ranked ones have less sponsors and stuff and they have to pay for their own travel more. Uh, and so they actually need more prize money, more than the top players actually need it. Yep, because they have sponsors and all sorts of... Yeah, don't they? Zeno says, yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, all sorts of amazing prize money totals. So that's a feature of future tournaments. Also, following that final today, we had the Mixed Doubles Finals, where we mentioned in yesterday's podcast this about this, we saw Sam Stosa and Matt Ebden take on Rajiv, Rajiv Ram and Babora, Babora Krejcikova. Mm. She has now won the Mixed Doubles three years in a row, but last year I think she did it with someone else, and yes. then... She won it with Ram the year before. But it was a fairly comfortable win, particularly in the first set for them. 6-1, 6-4. That second set was a bit more competitive, but in the end, they were able to break in the final game. Things didn't go well for the Australians, dropping their very first service game with Matt Ebden throwing in a few double faults. So from there, it was a bit of a struggle for them. They were missing volleys and... Double faults also didn't help. Second set was a bit more competitive, as we said. The Australians looked like they might. They had a. They had one break point off of Kredjakova's serve. In the mixed doubles, once you get to juice, it's a sudden death point, no advantage. And so they got there off her serve, but they were unable to win that point. And that could have cost. That basically cost them the match, because they would have been up a break. And then in the 10th game, Epton was serving to stay in the match, but was broken. So that was the end of that. Yeah, he so ended up hitting He hit the, the ball, ball wide down the sideline after quite a long rally. It was a... So anyway, the final point of the match was a hard-fought rally, but then eventually Epton hit wide. It was a quick match, 59 minutes, but I guess McDoubles, mixed doubles... Uh, it's quicker because you don't you have the sudden death and there's no advantage in the and games. they weren't even taken to sudden death very often only once in the first set I think only once in the second set too uh-huh. and then Ram will back up tomorrow for the men's doubles final so now looking ahead to the men's final looking ahead to the men's final between Novak Djokovic and Daniel Medvedev Djokovic of course is the eight-time winner. Djokovic at the moment is 20 consecutive wins at the Australian Open. 
Uh, whereas Medvedev is just 20 consecutive match wins. So someone's streak is going to get to 21 in 2021. And someone's... Hey, the streaks are going to be someone on 20 and someone on 21. And it's 2021. But anyway, and someone's going to be left to 20. Right. <laughs> but Dokovic is going for his ninth title. Dokovic first won way back in 2008. Then followed that up in 2011, 12, 13, 15, 16, 19 and 20. So he's looking for his third in a row. And he's played 16 Australian Opens throughout his career. So he will be quite hard to beat. This is He's never lost in the semis or the finals in Australia or in Melbourne. So a lot of expectation on him to once again get the win. He, he loves it down here. This is his best slam, I'd say. It is. He's actually got a better winning percentage than Roger Federer and Pete Sampras do at Wimbledon in the Australian Open. But he is facing someone who is in very good form at the moment. Medvedev has, as we said, he is on a 20-match winning streak, a 12-match winning streak against top 10 players. He's now defeated everyone in the top 10 since November, but the only one he hasn't got is Roger Federer. But obviously, you can't really play Roger Federer and beat him right now because Roger Federer is not playing, so maybe once he gets back into playing, he'll have that chance. But... Everyone else that's currently ranked inside the top 10, Medvedev has scored a win since November. So he's looking to go extend that streak to 13. Medvedev, if he wins this match, that will, um, like Osaka, take him to world number two in the rankings. And if he does do this, it will be quite a big deal because nobody who is not named Djokovic, Nadal or Federer or Murray, so one of those big four, has being ranked number two or one, but in 16 years, Leighton Hewitt was the last one to not be the big four and be ranked world number two. So if Medvedev does get that, that is a big streak of the big four run that he'll be breaking. And also, of course, another slam going to the next gen rather than the big three. I think it's someone nice. said they're now called the now gen. Uh-huh. Because they're not next gen, they're the now gen now. Uh-huh. And the other peeps are the old gen. Uh-huh. So here are some statistics about Novak Dokovic. So as I mentioned, he's got a better record than Pete Sampras and Roger Federer do at Wimbledon. He has won 91% of his matches at the Australian Open. The only player to have a better winning percentage at a Grand Slam is Rafael Nadal at Roland Garros, where he's won 100 matches from 102 for a 98% record. Sampras is 90% and Federer 88.6, where Novak is on 91%. He's never lost an Australian Open final, as we've mentioned before. He's a break machine when playing in Australian Open finals. He's break and serve 45 times in his eight Australian Open finals. Dokovic at this Australian Open is serving a lot of aces, which is above expectations for him to actually... Is he leading the ace count? I think he is. Yeah, he is. He's actually leading the ace, ace count <laughs> with more than 100. What? I just remembered Benoit Pair's double fault. <laughs> uh, uh, Dokovic so leads funny. the ace counts, but 
a player that played just one match at the Australian Open actually leads the double faults count. Yep. With how many did he have? 23. 23 in one match. Benoit Pair. Yeah. I see. He had a horrible serving game, it looks like. He only <laughs> lasted one match. And then I think second was Feliciano Lopez with 22, but that was across three matches, so a bit better. Yep. But anyway, back to the final tomorrow. Looking to the head, looking at the head-to-head between Djokovic and Medvedev, it is Djokovic that leads four-three. However, it was Medvedev who beat him last. At obviously, as we said, he's on that winning streak against top ten players, having defeated them all since November. So that he did in November, he defeated Novak Djokovic at the Nitto ATP Finals in London. And that was on a hard court too, so that might give him some confidence going into tomorrow night's match. And then Djokovic beat him at the beginning of the year in the ATP Cup, which he ended up taking his team or winning with his team. And then Medvedev won the two times before that in 2019. One on clay, one on outdoor hard court in Cincinnati and Monte Carlo. And then Djokovic beat... Medvedev in the 2019 Australian Open in the fourth round, four setter, and then Djokovic won the time before that in 2017. This was that was when Medvedev wasn't a top, at the top top dog level. <laughs> so he was making his march up the rankings. And the first time they played in tw- also in 2017, Djokovic won that too. So this is a match that really could go either way in terms of. Obviously, Djokovic has had that injury cloud over him, but he seems to be all good now. He's had an extra day to recover from the semi-final match, and both players had reasonably comfortable semi-final victories. So Djokovic should be fresh and raring to go. His aces throughout the tournament, serving throughout the tournament has been spot on, so... That could just give him the edge. Although Medvedev also came up with some big serves at the right time against Tsitsipas to avoid break points at a key time. So both players are serving well, moving well, hitting well. So all points to a very close match. So hopefully that's what we get. Um, We expect a crowd of 50% capacity for Rod Laver Arena of 7,500 well, that's the maximum that they will allow, so I don't know how ticket sales are going, but 7,500 will be the maximum. On finals day, we've got the doubles final for men at 3pm, and then not before 7.30 will be the men's final. So that rounds up our second last day of the Australian Open. By the way, today is also International Love Your Pet Day, so go love your pet. <laughs> Give your pet a hug. As long as they won't bite you. <laughs> <laughs> but don't forget to tune in for our final Australian Open 2021 rendition. Is that a word? Rendition. It's a word, but I don't know if it's the right word. Let me Google the meaning. Edition. <laughs> rendition sounds so much cooler. A performance or interpretation, especially of a dramatic role or piece of music. The practice of sending a foreign criminal or terrorist suspect covertly to be interrogated. There you go. Don't... not rendition? So, edition. What was that? What was my sentence? 
Don't Don't forget to tune in for our final edition of the Australian Open 2021 Rabisha Tennis Podcasts, where we will analyse and discuss the men's final. The big showdown. Yep. Big clash. I don't know who... By the way, I called it. I said, if you go back to whatever episode, I think it would be day... Match was on day seven, so it should be the day six episode. I said whoever wins that Muguruza Osaka ramp or showdown will win the tournament. Hey. I win. <laughs> I called it Zeno, I did. So I'm Rob. And I'm Alicia, and you've been listening to the Rabisha Tennis Podcast.